Cumberbatch! Welcome to the Up for Discussion podcast, everybody. Guess who's back? Woo! Simon Pelletier. Yeah, Coming at you one time from the Montreal area. We got Simon Pelletier over here. We got Tom's Latin Eye over there. We got Tim Blake currently talking into the microphone. It's going to be a great show. It's Welcome to the party. Show. It's going to be great. We're going to do lots of Canadian content like uh, Nickelback covers. We're going to do lots of Hobbit content like Benedict Cumberbatchers. And, uh, We're going to do lots of Sherlock things. Yeah. Was he in those two things? Yeah, was it's, he, it's, he's gonna not very, it's gonna be a very, it's gonna be a very Doctor Strange episode. I don't. Is there a Doctor Strange movie in yes. the works starring Benedict Cumberbatch? Seriously, he's yes. gonna be Doctor Strange? Yes. Oh dear. So yeah. It's I, uh, I I saw I, I didn't read it, but I saw the headline of an article that said that Doctor Strange is going to be the end of Marvel. The end of Marvel. Like apparently, this movie is prepping to be really bad and like the worst of all time. How can you perhaps. tell that a movie is prepping to be really bad if the movie hasn't been made yet? Oh, is that Adam Sandler in it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is Adam just, Sandler producing it? That's it's just Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch and Adam Sandler like one on one the entire time. Uh, or it's like Adam Sandler, uh, but it's it's like a a digital doll of Adam Sandler. That's done by motion capture by Benedict Cumberbatch, like a like a like like a Tupac hologram of Adam Sandler. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh dear, it's, it's like, just yeah. and he's just playing it exactly the way Benedict Cumberbatch plays all his characters. Can they? Can it just be the two of them doing the like Paul Abdul DJ Scat Cat routine? <laughs> what is that a thing? Oh. Who's TJ Scat Cat? Is that the guy D- that's like the the? No, no, this was a cat. It was a hologram. Scat Man. Oh yeah. yeah, he says. I'm the scat man. Yes, he does. Come That's on, true. man. Listen to the Plural lyrics. Times. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was a uh, this was like Paula Abdul back in I think the '90s did a, a music video. Back when video. she did like actual music. Yeah, back when okay. Paula Abdul was a musician, did this music video with uh, a hologram cat that was her like duet partner and dancing partner. Oh, fun! And his wow. name was DJ Scat Cat. That's cool. MC Scat Cat. <laughs> MC Scat Cat. Sorry. I, you. I, I have a friend who's a jazz vocalist, and she once took an entire semester long class on scatting. Oh, cool! Yeah, but, on like like studying the musicality of different sounds and different phonemes and stuff. And that would and probably she, be useful. She, to me. she gave me an example, and I was like, "Wow, that is that is very good." You want to uh, you want to uh, enlighten us? Or do Scat you for us. Uh, there nope. it is. That was that was me. That was Simon. Well, but Simon, that's like Simon that's something Scatter. that I've been thinking about recently because. I'm moving away from the style of, I was talking about this last week, I feel like I'm moving away from the style of acapella where you just try to do exactly what the instruments sound like and more of like an acapella arrangement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's all that kind of scatting stuff. Like you have to decide sort of what phoneme works in the right. spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't I know should, anything uh, about it. I, I should, just, uh, I should, you should send her and I'll, I'll hook you guys up. Yeah. What's She's her like, name? Uh, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Th- th- you can't even say people's names on the podcast? It's Butterstick Cumberbatch. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Hey, you know what I haven't heard on this podcast in a while? What? Air rap horn. Oh. Air, air, air rap air horn? Well, air rap air horn. I feel like that trend has died, though. Like, maybe. has oh, I think maybe. we reached peak air horn at some point last year, like in terms of... There it is. ...actual rap music. Don't you think that it's, it's sort of passe at this point? Yeah, I think so. Like Maybe. does does any of Kendrick's new album have rap air horn in it? I don't know. What do Kendrick's albums have in them? Well, I don't what know. I haven't I haven't listened to it. it. Lots of Kendrick. Oh, so but he just does that mean that we should have Kendrick on the podcast? We should. We should totally. Hey, you want to hit him up? <laughs> hey guys, guys, if you know Kendrick, tell him to be to, 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 to 
Patreon.com slash up for discussion. You can donate money to us so that we can make the show at zero cost to ourselves, like our lovely patrons, Patrick, Joanne, and Nathan, who give us a total of $11. If together. you donate $1 million, we will get Kendrick Lamar on the show. It's not a bad idea. That would be cool. That Simon, where have enough. you been? So, I mean, where have I been? Yeah. Uh, France. <laughs> uh, well, I've been, I've been at school. I've been doing lots of, lots of acty stuff. That's school. Yeah. Uh, so, tomorrow, which is, you know. Well, tomorrow, which is yesterday. Tomorrow, which is yesterday when you're listening to this. I will. Oh, the, here's my favorite English conjugation. I will have done. What about right? I will have been doing? I will have been doing. No, I no. I think at that point, by the time people will be listening, I will have done it. Okay, I will have shown a a scene that I've been that I've been working on that I've been directing. I've never directed before, but this is ah, cool. So it was a, it was a it was a directing class, and uh, it is customary in the program that people who have the people who are taking the directing class then have a giant or giant a, a big outcome where people can go and see the scenes that they've been working on. Sweet, I'm really really excited about it. It's really going to turn out great. Is this your uh, your one minute scene? No. No, didn't you do a one minute thing? Oh yeah, that was back in February. Okay, that was for sixty by sixty. Ah, I see. It is uh like I I took the same play f- to make the 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 sixty second piece, but this is the actual scene ah, from the okay. play. It's called so seven... for the sixty second piece, did you just do it like really really fast? Uh no, I I it was like a movement piece of where I represented the arc of the play. That'd be kind of fun. Like you you take the you you do the whole piece. And then you put it on YouTube, and then you play it on double speed, and then you learn it double speed, and you perform it like that. I feel like Good Charlotte made a music video like that, where <laughs> they learned all of their all of their bits, all of their parts three times speed, and then they just did a whole video where they did that, and then they like slowed it down to regular speed, and everything was in slow motion, but their mouths were going <laughs> at the right. That's speed. that's weird. Wow. Well, I was like, I always. I, I don't know why. Like, like I remember this more difficult than the opposite. Fact but that's cool. Good Charlotte, but yeah. <laughs> I I always listen to podcasts at one point five speed, and so even listening back to ours like a couple days later, like from last week, I was listening to it at one point five. Oh, nice. And so I was like, he's not the rabble who's read revolution. Like it was like very very quickly split, <laughs> oh, sped up. I couldn't. I was like trying to sing along as I was listening to it. Like, yo, he'd have you all unravel at the center screen, but the revolution is coming. The have nots are gonna win this. It's hard to listen to you with the straight face. Right. And I was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. I I find 1.5 speed or like 2 times speed does weird things to things. Like yeah. huh. my uh I got w- w- when I finished the uh, the science of love video that I did like the somebody to love cover, I listened yeah. to it on double speed like 5 times because yeah. I listened to it the first time and it was just delightful. Anybody who likes my music, go and play that video double speed. It's so much funnier. <laughs> but yeah, on the other funny. hand, like I then I I decided because well, I was thinking about well that was a lot funnier on double speed than it was normally what if I listened to stand up comedy double speed it Whoa. doesn't work no? it, it doesn't I don't know does it does it work for you maybe my brain is not fast enough to catch the jokes at that speed I, or like I there's there's like, something about comedic timing that yeah, just like if it's double speed totally it it's just like it blurs past you and you don't yeah. have time to like you. Your brain doesn't have time to set up that tension so that when there's a punchline, it yeah. gets released. I think, I think it's especially like a lot of comedians like uh, like Aziz Ansari and Mike Birbiglia and stuff who like really set up their jokes in terms of like how long they wait before they tell you the punchline. Yeah. And, and sometimes even the word that they say, they'll say it at a specific speed and that's what makes it really funny. So if you mm-hmm. listen, it, listen to it, you know, one and a half speed, it's totally... Totally yeah, because there's often that kind of humor huh. where I like, especially when they're setting up the joke, they'll say something... And then slowly the audience like gets what they're talking yeah, about. Totally. And they yeah. start laughing like before the punchline oh, comes. Man. 
I find, yeah, when it comes to like stand up, it's better to listen to it at the pace that it was intended. But I find with improvised stuff, like if I'm (laughs) listening to a podcast where they're doing improv, it's actually more fun to listen to it at 1.5 because you don't get as much snappy. Well, yeah, because it sounds really snappy because they're not like thinking between each line and responding. (laughs) They're just like, bah, 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 bah. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Super awkward. Fast (laughs) laugh. What I find funny when I'm listening to stuff at 1.5 speed is anytime we start singing, our vibrato is just ridiculous. That's (laughs) one of the things that makes makes my the the Somebody to Love cover so great because Freddie Mercury has this super vibrato that I was Mm -hmm. trying to imitate. Right. Somebody to love. It's like it's like a chipmunk kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. a chipmunk kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you listen yeah. to the chipmunks in the like, oh, that's true. In the seventies, like yeah. that's what it was like, right? Right. That's yeah. where that so effect came from. When, it became when, super popular. When you listen to a podcast at one point five speed, does the pitch go up also, or does it kind of correct it? It or is yeah, it not it not fast enough to make a difference anyway? The pitch doesn't really change. I find usually there are like it depends probably on the site and what you're doing, but mm. most algorithms nowadays take that into account and oh, unless okay. it gets really extreme. Like what I've found is that mm. for like for talking, the YouTube like two times speed doesn't change the pitch at all, mm. but for music, it sometimes messes with the tonality of it. Like it, some mm. of the harmonies don't work. Oh, interesting. It's more. Okay. I think it's more when it's slowed down. It doesn't know what to do with like yeah. fast. It's kind of okay because it's chopping bits off. But mm-hmm. when it's trying to create more sound than there actually is, oh. then huh. really weird things happen. Right. I don't know. You can go check it out. Yeah. Fair enough. That's cool. Hmm. Cool. Have you guys heard that thing where uh, with the Justin Bieber song that's slowed down like ten times? Yeah. It's phenomenal. I it's love beautiful. that. Wait, which one? So there's this song by Justin Bieber called "You Smile, I Smile." It's off his first album oh, back yeah, when he was yeah, like yeah. sixteen. Yeah. Um, and someone took it and put it through this like crazy stretching software that um, like reduces its speed by about 10 times. Right. And instead of being, you know, a three minute sort of piano based Justin Bieber pop song, it becomes this like 20 minute ethereal anthemic like roaring wind right. and waves yeah, sort of I, thing. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard the one where, yeah, they'll take Justin Bieber, but slow it down like like 100 times or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's just like. Yeah, because like every snare hit is like suddenly this roaring, like, yeah, yeah, and then like as soon as the vocals start, it's like a choir is singing because yeah. you've got all the layered stuff going yeah. on. And yeah, yeah, it's pretty oh, that's, fun. That's really yeah. It's actually great to fall asleep to. Mm. Have you ever done that? I can't fall asleep to music. I need silence. Really? Yeah. yeah. Pure silence. I need silence Mostly. or rambling. Mm. Like like sometimes I'll just play the Liturgist <laughs> podcast or uh, stuff you should know, mm. and uh, it's just like. You guys into Dan Carlin's hardcore history at all? I, I haven't. Have, no, I have never listened to it. I can't. That's the only one I listen to at two times speed because he speaks very so slowly. slowly. <laughs> it's like his his podcast. His podcasts are four hours long, but they could really be two. <laughs> <laughs> and you listen to them as two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's great. That's but cool. No, no, I find that I don't know. For me, I used to often fall asleep to John Green narrating his FIFA games. Which was fun. Um, but wouldn't wouldn't you then be like jolted awake by him like you know that's one of the cheering. problems is that like you have to yeah. you have to hope that you fall asleep before he scores a goal because <laughs> all of a sudden it's like yeah <laughs> oh, man yeah it's awkward once that's fits hall once that's fits hall yeah great that's that's John Green chance. really can't sing no it's kind that of was fun. that was that was my imitation of John Green yeah singing. He's yeah. big, he's tough, he has a perfect puff. Other John Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tom is typing on his computer phone. 
Tom, Tom, what are you typing on your computer phone? I'm sending a text message. What? It's important. Tommy. Mm-hmm. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. Daddy. We're going to be roommates. I know. I'm so excited. Ooh, know, right? yeah, that's true. <laughs> we just found out today that uh, we won't go into too many of the details of the living situation for now. But, uh, just in case they fall through. Yeah, but we found out today that each other uh, or whatever. the place that we applied for if you, last week, we we're signing for on Wednesday. So. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have a bunch of rooms and like a sunroom and like some good stuff. Yeah. You guys are going to have a sunroom. Apparently. Yeah. I haven't like seen a, this place. I'm like trusting Tom entirely. Yeah. Like a solarium? It's like, like we can uh, grow peppers. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, like, sometimes you find a place that has, like, a little indoor balcony just off the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing. But there's also a real balcony. Nice. And another real balcony on the other end of the house. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, and there's a garage and lots of storage space and so Mm. many closets. There's a walk-in closet in the hallway. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a good test of, like, whether... For for you and me, whether our relationship has progressed since the last time we were together. (laughs) Because... We didn't end up liking each other very much the last time we lived together. Yeah, I think it'll be different. And this time <laughs> will be even more intense, possibly, because it's going to be just you and me, and we will be working where we live, both of us. True. We're going cool. to spend a lot of time together. But yeah. we'll also have, like, you know, my office will be there, so I'll be working in my office, right? Yeah. Like, we won't be working in the same room all the time. We won't be sharing a bedroom. Which that's, is, that's useful, yeah. because you go to sleep too early. And you don't. <laughs> yeah, we had this like weird, when we were last living together, we shared a bedroom, which we thought would be a good idea, yeah. and then very quickly realized wasn't. Uh, yeah. But I think it'll uh. be better this time. There's a lot more space. Like, There's a freaking dining room and a living room. That's mm. cool. Like, We can escape from each other if we need to. Yeah, yeah that's useful. Yeah. yeah. How big is the kitchen? The kitchen is a little bigger than my current kitchen. So it's okay. not an amazing kitchen, yeah. but it's good enough. Yeah, enough I've, been, can... I've been apartment shopping myself. Yeah? yeah. Uh, or apartment browsing. Mm. And uh, like kitchen and counter space is a huge deal breaker for me. If mm. like if it's a tiny kitchen or if the kitchen doesn't have a whole lot of counter space, I'm like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Mm. Well, that's like my... Like I could build a kitchen cart if I wanted to, but I don't want to mm. have to. Yeah. You know? Like my current place has... Not a lot of counter space, so I added a counter. Like, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, and I might have to do the same thing at the new place. I, I, I didn't scope it out. I very mean, you well. already have a counter, so you can just wait. What do you mean yeah, you added off. a counter? Well, like you know the little like uh, the little table thing in the kitchen. Oh yeah, that's true. That doesn't yeah. really belong there. That's coming with me when I move. Oh, <laughs> I'm not yeah, leaving yeah. that here for the new shop. Are you taking the organ too? Yeah, of course. Nice, Chris. You gotta yeah. take the organ. Yeah, mm. Thomas. Uh, Take all of your organs. I'm taking all my. I'm taking your Ain't organs. Donating no organs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm no. Keeping them. The only things like probably. I mean, I'm gonna let my current roommate Sam keep the all the things that we're currently sitting on and around, um, the That's table cool. and the couches and chairs and things. You're gonna yeah. take your your beautiful yellow and green desk. Yeah, yellow nice. and green. Yeah, it's white. Oh, white. It looks white, it looks yellow in the light in this room. Right? I I meant white. I just said yellow for some reason. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, but yeah. you know, Sam can keep like the furniture that was left here by the previous tenants. The the wonderful mm. green shag on the floor. Oh, that's mine. Are you yeah. taking that? Yeah, I'm taking that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. I've that's been looking comforting at, like, to know. Yeah, I won't need to lose this beautiful sight. <laughs> the the like vaguely grass like. <laughs> Are you bringing the guinea pig? Yeah, she's coming. Yeah. Does uh, yeah. does it? Do you think the guinea pig will need to be like reacclimated to a new place? I don't know. Mm. I mean, it'll oh, be the same good, cage. But, yeah. yeah. But cages, I, I mean, huh. wasn't it always in the same cage? Like, didn't no. you buy the cage with the I guinea bought, pig? I bought the cage at the same store as the guinea pig, but okay. she was in a cage with, with a bunch of rabbits when I bought her. Oh, yeesh. So I, I like, I no one wants that. that. I yeah. suspect that moving her will be traumatizing. But Maybe, but after she... After a while, yeah. she'll be fine. That's it. Like, she likes her uh, her travel cage, though. Yeah. Which is good. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So Simon, like this is, uh, where are you looking for apartments? Um, I've mostly been looking around Verdun because okay. uh, Verdun is where I live and it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a quiet. In, what am I hearing? I'm You're hearing, hearing the roommate using the toilet. Sam, your toilet use is going to get captured by the microphone. Just a heads up. Maybe, maybe we're not hearing that. No. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been looking around Verdun because, like, like my my sister moved out of my parents and into mm. into Verdun as well. Uh, or I guess still in Verdun, and she has like a like a uh, the kind of place that's like a kitchen, a bathroom, and a double living room. Okay. And she has two balconies, and she pays six fifty a month. That's great. And that's then all bad. utilities afterward. So <laughs> like like there's a lot of pretty decent apartments for like pretty a pretty decent price and like i'm also looking at like plateau saint henry area um but generally those areas but I, i'm like sort of semi-serious like i'm not looking mm. super seriously and the great right. thing is that like i don't need to move out by a certain date mm-hmm. so i could just be like paying rent and then slowly move in mm-hmm. you know like take my time to like bring stuff in no need to like rush anything and right right know, so you can avoid that massive <laughs> like everybody is moving today exactly. which reminds me this place is available for June. Okay. So like we Whoa. can we can take our time nice. moving into it. Interesting. Our leases okay. are yeah. both up in July. Cool. Right. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, I'm just looking looking around. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I I'm I'm also like I would love to find a pet friendly place. Mm-hmm. I but I realize them a lot of places aren't. But think, also a lot of places say they're not. And then if I say I'll just have a cat and he's quiet, they'll be like, oh, whatever. That's the thing. Most places that say no pets mostly mean no dogs. Yeah. And because sometimes dogs mean no worst. cats. Yeah. Like you have to be careful about it. But like yeah. our the place that we're going to, they're like, don't want dogs or cats. The mm. current tenant has a cat and the landlord's like not crazy about it. Yeah. Right. But like a guinea pig is not a pet really. Well, that was the same <laughs> with our place that we used to live in. And I still live mm-hmm. in like they said no cats, but then right. we had a cat. Yeah. And it was like, well, yeah, it's okay. like this building that I'm currently in officially has a no pets rule, but right. even our super has like three dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we're the only apartment in this building that doesn't have a dog. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny. Yeah. But you've got a it's guinea funny. pig, so you're still breaking the law. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's okay. Don't yeah. tell anybody. They don't, yeah. they don't, like, they probably don't really count. They don't care. No. Yeah. No, yeah. that's the thing. Like, a pet that's contained in a cage or a tank or whatever yeah. doesn't count as a pet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I would assume that like if I if you had a boa constrictor, they'd probably have a problem with that. Well, maybe not. I mean, <laughs> like, if they have a problem with it, you have a way to solve that problem. You just <laughs> no. stick, stick the boa constrictor on them. That yeah. took me a second. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, just go, hey, buddy, just apartment three hundred five. But yeah, it's usually because they don't want pets that are gonna like pee on the ground or scratch up the floors. Yeah, exactly. Or like Which your guinea noise. pig totally does. <laughs> Only if I put her on the ground. Yeah. But I yeah. usually, when I take her out of the cage, we'll or put her on a towel. Or if she projectile also, pees out of the cage. I was so mad about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was putting Daphne back in her cage, like through the front door, which is a thing that I let yeah. her do sometimes because yeah. she likes to like jump over it. Sure. Uh, and I like set her down on the towel and opened the little door and she jumped in, but her hind feet stayed on the edge. <laughs> Um, like she just got stuck on the way in or something. And then like all of a sudden just started projectile peeing. <laughs> and I felt like a little bit of liquid hit my hand. And I was like, what is this? Oh no. oh no. And I took the towel and immediately caught it before the stream really started. And so I'm just holding the towel up and the pee is like spraying out of her onto the towel. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to be good at changing boy diapers one day. <laughs> it's true. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And do it without the little teepee. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure like every parent of a boy has, you know, at some point received pee in their mouth. Yeah, I mean, pro- yeah. who hasn't? To be honest. Yeah, probably very few. But yeah, if you if you listeners have any tips on how to live with somebody and not hate them, 
That would be useful to know. Probably, you know? yeah. If, you, well, if you've lived I, I with, with like, your friends before and you've figured out how to still be friends, I would that's say, good. You know, rule number one, talk to each other yeah. about stuff. If you guys have a problem with something, just approach it. Mm. Say it. Rule number two, don't always talk to each other. Yeah, that's it. Like having, that's it. <laughs> having open communication, but also giving each other space, I think is going to be key. Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely. We'll see. Yeah, like you're going to have to, <clears throat> you're going to have to like tell me when I'm around too much and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Because we both need our like alone time, I think. But, but all like in the converse, I think it's, it's important to also have like together time. Oh, and I'm sure yeah. we will. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's, I think that's actually what I have more trouble with. Like mm. you recall when we lived together before right. in the place in the plateau. Like you didn't actually see me all that much. You were gone for like a three week bike trip though. Well, that's true, that. but that will be the same <laughs> this time because true. I'm going to be, you know, hightailing to places that cannot be told yet on yeah. the podcast but, because ooh. the details are not actually in place. I'm actually right. kind of looking forward to that though, because the <laughs> idea of having the house to myself for a couple of weeks at a time every once in a while is kind of appealing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, the, that is, yeah. That, that is one of the things that I'm looking at is um ideally i would like to move out alone right, and just right. have my own place yeah like and at, at most one roommate mm-hmm. you know yeah well that's it because when yeah. you have one roommate it's like oh yeah that person yeah. is either around or not and, yeah you know and and like and like uh, you know i would have one roommate who feels about the same way that i do like i wouldn't mm-hmm. want to have a roommate like sort of squishy yeah <laughs> what <laughs> muscular in some spots squishy in others yes <laughs> bearded I, Sort of rough around the well, head region. I, a little bony, be, but pleasant. I won't be bearded uh, during the summer. I'm, yeah. I'm taking it all off. Well, do uh, they have to damn. feel like you do all the time? <laughs> <sighs> no, but I, I get you. Like they need yeah. to like you need to be on the same page. Yeah, like yeah. like if 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 I'm if my roommate is someone who like always wants to spend time with me. Oh dear. Then, or or like you know an extrovert who gets too much alone time then I would be like, okay, this probably isn't going to work or like just invite your friends more often and accept mm. or go to your friends' places or invite your friends more often and accept that I'll be in my room when that happens. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We can hang out sometimes, watch a movie, you know, grab a beer or whatever, but like I need some me time more often than not. Yeah. I feel like my yeah. current roommate and I have a good setup where like, like we let each other know if we're planning on having people over. Right. Unless it's like a spur That's of the good. moment thing. And then if it's yeah. like a reasonable time or whatever, we don't bother. But like, you know, I yeah. always tell him like, yeah, we're doing the podcast tonight. So just be aware of that or whatever. Yeah. And that gives the person the opportunity to be like, could you not? And, you know, <laughs> that seems to work fairly well. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel yeah. like one thing that I'm going to be tempted to do a lot of this new place is have dinner parties. Ah. Because there will be a dining room. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, But I mean, again, that's something that we can like you know, decide on specific times together or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I think the main thing for, for that will be like noise, noises and things mm-hmm. like for me, it will be like, well, if you're having a dinner party, make sure you're not yelling because I'm trying to sing loudly. Right. Well, I mean, I would kind of assume that you'd be participating in the yeah. dinner party mostly. And, <laughs> well, it depends on the time of the month and on my, you know, details right. of how desperately I need to get something. Yeah, for sure. And then on the other hand, of maybe occasionally i might be like tom can i sing until 11 p.m and yeah, you'll be exactly. like no i need to sleep i'll usually be okay with that yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean if you soundproof your your, your place your it's diff- it's difficult to soundproof a room yeah. really well but we, yeah. i mean with our combined resources i mean i've got at least like 12 of these square things <laughs> those cover about <laughs> four square feet yeah well, no, but sure. i figure if we put those on the door to the room that'll help a little bit that's true maybe that's yeah, yeah yeah i'm gonna have to look into that once again yeah. But yeah, we'll yeah. we'll make it work. Yeah. I think yeah. it'll be fine. So Tom, what'd you bring? What did I bring? Week? 
Um, he brought well, cookies. Yeah, Ooh, can you pass me a cookie? I want a cookie. Can you pass yeah, you me like get a cookie. three cookies? These are these weird cookies. They say Chips Ahoy, but they also say they have chunks in them. Pass me the I thought that was Chunks Ahoy. Have these you are... encountered this phenomenon? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> I like these cookies personally. They're pretty good. I, I like the multi crunch. Yeah, I, I appreciate that there's like a variety of types of chocolate in mm-hmm. them. Um, that's a, that's a oh, thing. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so I brought the thunder. Okay. Yeah. Such a blunder sometimes, it makes me wonder why I even bring the thunder. Um, did you guys hear about what happened with the Syrian refugees at the furry convention? Um, what? <laughs> uh, so this was like a couple weeks ago. I don't even going to pull up a story because I just know things. Um, <clears throat> a bunch of Syrian refugees were brought into, I think, Toronto. Um, okay, yeah. And uh, they were like being housed at this hotel for like the first little bit of time that they mm-hmm. were here. Um, and, uh, at the same weekend that they were brought in, there was a furry convention being held at this hotel. (laughs) So like, you know, people who dress up in animal costumes and there's some sexual nature to it, but a lot of it is just a community thing. Yeah. Um, so, but they were therefore walking around in animal costumes a lot of the weekend, Uh, (laughs) like walking through the lobby and like, you know, going to breakfast and whatnot. Uh, and apparently, so like when, when they were coming in for this convention, uh, they were all warned, like, there is, you know, there are refugee families who are staying in this hotel. So, like, just be aware that, like, they might think you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> and the and furries are like, well, we, I mean, that's not really different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. So they were just kind of like, yeah, fair enough. We'll try to be, like, cool to them or whatever. And then apparently the kids from these refugee families just thought it was the most amazing thing that they were. It's just great ma- mascot type yeah, things. Yeah, like they were Disney just World. like, there's so many huge animals here walking around in the hotel. And I wonder so if they, they started, like, like, playing with them and, like, hanging out and taking photos and stuff. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. I wonder if they thought that, like, all of North America was like this. There were just people dressed up in like animal suits everywhere. Well, I'm sure they'll get the impression that this is much more common than it in fact is. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, just one of their first experiences. Yeah, kids yeah. are gonna go out into oh, the world great. and be like, "Mom, Dad, can we go to the next furry convention?" <laughs> yeah, I just thought that's that so was great. awesome. Like, I don't have anything really to say about that yeah. except that I'm I like that that's the direction it went because it could have been so much worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like, and I, I think it's interesting that. Like, that was okay with everybody involved. Mm. Because I imagine, like, I don't know, maybe it's a cultural difference. Because, like, most people I know are, you know, who talk about, you know, child safety and stuff are, like, super paranoid, you know? It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, like, those weird, you know... People doing their sexy times, like my kid's not going anywhere near that. They're going to get abducted and like you'll never hear from them again. But it seems that in this case, they were just sort of cool with it. They were like, no, these people are probably all right. Yeah. I mean, they spend most of their time in an animal costume. So, yeah. You know, yeah. But like we would automatically look at that and like big red flags would go up. Right. Stay away from that person. Right. Because you don't want to explain to your kid why these people are dressed in animal costumes and having sex with each other. But like, so you, was that like a, like the reason why they were all meeting together was to just have a big old furry orgy? I'm sure a furgy. I'm sure that was part of it, but I think it was also just like a convention. Like they were, you know, getting together to do like furry community. Yeah, things. well, the furry, furry, the furry subculture. Yeah. Like there's a there's like a sexual aspect to it, and also like an identity aspect. Like right. for some people, it's like I get turned on by this, and for some people, it's like I feel like I am a wolf. Right. So when I dress up as a wolf, I feel normal. That's know? it. And so to like so go to a convention, you're surrounded by mascot. others like that. What? What's the difference between a furry and a mascot? Well, a mascot is just someone in an animal costume. Yeah. The mascot like represents a team or an organization or something. 
Whereas a furry identifies as that thing. Like, right? well, not necessarily, but furry is a culture, right? Mm. It's a oh. culture of people dressing up in animal costumes. Okay. Yeah. Right? And making animal art um, and sometimes pretty graphic, you know, <laughs> animal art or art with human bodies and animal heads doing strange things. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah, it's people theorize that it came out of the fact that there were so many anthropomorphic animals in the 90s in cartoons hmm. that like those were some of the first, you know, experiences kids had of like really attaching themselves to somebody <laughs> like Lola Bunny. Yeah, Lola, Bu- <laughs> heck, Lola Bunny might have been yeah. the number one reason. Yeah. Right? Huh. So that's a, that's a interesting. Yeah. And reason. then they developed in this way. And now we have a bunch of people who really, really like cartoon animals and dressing huh. up as cartoon animals. Huh. Yeah. And so it's not like an entirely sex based thing. Yeah. But like it does kind of, you know, come uh, with the territory a little bit. Yeah. Because like if you strongly identify with that kind of stuff and you meet other people who do too, they'll understand you better and you'll just form yeah. connections easier. Right. Huh. And then you can form connections easier. Yeah, furry babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. Like, but that uh, I'm not sure how it dovetails with the, the whole other kin culture. I'm not yeah. sure if it's What's like that? so the other kin is the idea that you feel like you're something other than a human. So you feel like intern you know, you're a human, but internally you feel like you're a wolf or you feel like you're a lion or you feel like mm-hmm. you're a unicorn or a dragon or whatever else. Um, this is a whole subculture as well. Mm-hmm. And I think there is some crossover between furries and other kin, but it's right. also yeah. two distinct things. Well, it's like how like not every drag queen identifies as a woman, right? Right. Like sometimes it's just that that's a persona that they put on because they feel like it's a part of themselves, but they don't, you know, if you talk to like most drag queens, if you talk Mm -hmm. to them, like when they're not in drag, they'll be like, no, yeah, I identify as a dude. Yeah. A lot of them are straight men who are just like, yeah, sometimes I like to, you know, dress like a woman and perform like that. Yeah. It's a sort of, you know, yeah. yeah. Because they enjoy it. That's it. It's like a, it's a thing that you, you know, identify as part of your culture and part of yourself, but not necessarily your full internalized identity. Right. But then know. for other people, it might be. Right. Because yeah. they might see you that way and be like, oh, well, this person's a drag queen. Yeah. But also like <laughs> for other things, yeah. like I'm sure there are drag queens who do it because they feel more comfortable like that. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's how they identify. Yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah, that's it. Like sometimes, sometimes it's that you feel more comfortable performing that way. Mm-hmm. But like in normal life, you feel totally normal in your normal I body actually, or whatever. But I, 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 I heard uh, a This American Life once about um, this, this girl who was a mascot at her high school. Uh, and like, like there's this sort of weird dissociative personality thing when, where like without her costume, she was just this like shy, average, awkward teenager. But right. as soon as she would put on the, the, the costume, she was like full on like performance mode where she'd like, <laughs> she'd like whip and nene and do the Gangnam style and do like full on, like proper cartwheels and round offs and stuff. And then if, but then like if the, if she took off the 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 costume she couldn't even do a cartwheel she'd just like get too scared and then right. lie down interesting right like it's it was super super and like she acknowledged that and was like that's just kind of how i work and that's okay <laughs> but yeah. like like you know she'll she'll like put on the costume and like she almost feels more comfortable in the costume than without it yeah i can see that like there are I, there's I've, I've had that experience of very like context dependent um confidence in right. in like performance right like um if i am on a stage talking i'm super scared hmm. but if i'm on a stage behind a keyboard then i'm not 
Right. Then I feel really natural and I just that's do actually, what I do. That's I kind of feel the same way too. We're like, you know, I can stand in a big theater and I'll have a costume on and I'll have lines and everything and I'm super comfortable doing that. Like I'll be a bit, bit nervous, but like once I start doing it, I'm just super comfortable. Mm. But like if I just go and read at church, I'm like my palms are sweaty. Like huh. I, I, knees I, I weak, make, arms spaghetti. He's <laughs> yep. vomit on his spaghetti already. What? Mom's, Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. What? Tom's spaghetti. What? He's nervous. <laughs> and on his surface, he looks calm spaghetti. What? Drop bombs, but he keeps on spaghetti. Keep going with your story. Yeah, but go yeah, like, and it, it, I, I feel like it's just, you know, if I'm, like, if, if I'm acting, it's something that I've done a lot, a lot, a lot, and I'm very comfortable in doing it, and I mm-hmm. understand it, whereas if I'm just going to speak in front of a crowd or whatever, it's like it's my words, and it's all me, whereas if... Mm-hmm. It's it's almost as if like when I'm acting, I have I have a couple things, a couple layers to hide behind. Right. Yeah. Like I don't know that that's necessarily what it is, but it it almost feels that way. Where it's like if people don't like it, I can say like, well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons why they couldn't like it. But if mm-hmm. if I went up and talked, uh, you know, did like a like a sermon or a, I don't know something, and people didn't like it, it'd be entirely my fault. Right. That's true. You know? That that corresponds with my with how I feel too. I think because I'm way more nervous performing things that I've written. Yeah, um, especially things that I've written the music of, hmm. um, uh. like it goes, like parody is easier, and doing other people's songs entirely is even easier, and right. then performing my own stuff is harder, hmm. and then hmm. just talking is probably the hardest. Although, right. not. yeah, I yeah. think I think like when I'm you know if I'm if I'm doing anything in like a live context, I get the most nervous when I'm reading publicly. So like if I get asked to do a reading at church, that's when I'm like standing up there, like having a lot of trouble getting my words out and stuff. Mm. If I'm saying something that I've like practiced saying, then I'm totally fine. And if I'm singing or if I'm like, you know, acting or whatever, I'm totally comfortable. Yeah. But like, mm. or like if I'm doing an improv scene, like there's a little bit of like resolute nervousness just because like you don't really know what's coming. And totally. it, but that's more of an anxiousness, I guess. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. But like. No, totally. Yeah. Totally. But when it comes to like. You know, if I'm like, oh, I have to read the Bible out loud right now, <laughs> which uh-huh. like the whole Bible, yeah, <laughs> it's a really it's a long service. It's an audiobook. <laughs> so. By the time you get to Exodus, you'll probably be over your jitters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably everybody will be over everything. But so. it's interesting because I find I also read better if I'm reading out loud while I read. Like mm. I'm currently yeah. working through this. Uh, I'm working through uh, Ron Chernow's Washington: A Life. I see it right there on your table. It's a very big book, <laughs> and I'm making good progress on it. But I find that I can't read in my head when I'm trying to read something that's like bigger. I need mm. to read out loud. But I find that when I'm reading this out loud, I need to like put on funny voices while I'm reading in order to keep myself. <laughs> that's well, really that cool. actually, th- there was a thing that uh, um, Ian Henderson, mm. professor at McGill University and father of Josiah Henderson, who's been on this podcast, I took a religious studies course with him on uh, the New Testament, like the Gospels. Um, and what he had us do to read the Gospels um, for our readings, he was like, you need to, this is, this is your assignment. You go home, you read the entire Gospel from start to finish aloud. <laughs> you can do it with somebody else if you want, or you can do it alone, but you can't stop and you can't do it silently. Cool. And I think, like, for him, yeah, because he was like, this is how you're going to really know, every, like, remember every word of this mm-hmm. is to say every yeah, word of this. Definitely. Yeah, hmm. yeah that's it's a good strategy. And I think, like, yeah. it would make sense to apply that to a lot of other readings because it's, it's so tempting 
Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like with leisure reading, you can sort of skim it. And if you miss a few details, that's okay. But like yeah. when you're studying and you miss a few details because you're used to skimming it, then all of a sudden you, you wind up with this impression that you understand the material. <laughs> and all of a sudden someone asks you, well, why is that? And there's all these gaps because you just missed that line. That's right. actually also how we're told to memorize lines mm. is that you like, like you, if, if you can't do it with someone else, like with your actual scene partner, then you just read it out loud. Yeah. And like, mm. like you know, some, some like different people will teach different things. Like some people will say you just do it over and over and over and over. And other people will say, just read it once before bed and do that for a couple of days. Mm. Because then, like, that's the last thing you do, and then your brain is, like, remembering it while you're sleeping. Right. Like, and you can do both, and you can do, a, like, a ton of things, but, like, like it, it's definitely a lot harder to remember something, especially, like, a like a long monologue or something, if if you're just reading it in your head than if you speak it. Yeah, and actually, there was a time when, like, so the way that sort of storytelling and information relay evolved, right, was mm-hmm. that initially it was always oral. It was always by oral tradition. Yeah. You would share stories out loud with each other. <clears throat> you would uh, listen to them and repeat them back word for word. Exactly. And then once we started having like written media, um, it was a very strange thing. Like everyone would still read it out loud exclusively. Mm-hmm. The first time that anyone started reading internally and not saying words as they read, everyone who saw this happening freaked out and was like, what? Really? This is unheard of. Yeah. How do you, is this like documented? Yeah, do you yeah, know yeah. when this happened? I don't remember. Alex was telling me about this a couple of weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it's like, yeah, because like it wasn't the way that we used to do things, right? This whole idea of like reading being something that you did silently to yourself mm-hmm. didn't come around really until printed media became more available to people. Oh, interesting. And more of a personal thing. Yeah. And it like, I'm, I was reading a book about typography and they were saying something similar like about writing. I missed you. <laughs> they were going like, through a whole episode without typography showing up <laughs> they were saying that like you know when when gutenberg like made the first was made the first printing press like they had to decide what the letters were going to look like right and like the only example that they had was like a monk's handwriting yeah and, and some of the monks had written like particularly you know they, like, they had very codified right? ways of making letters for sure yeah. and so like it was actually super hard for them to decide what a letter is going to look like and so like what you think of as like gothic lettering is approximately what it would have looked like because that was how you know <laughs> that was how monks wrote with a quill and then as it be- they got more and more it became more and more popular that's when people actually like um uh, uh or actually it was when when uh documents from ancient rome were found that they found like what we now know as serif typefaces mm. is what it was modeled after like what the romans right. did okay. when they when they carved stuff in stone <laughs> so then that's when like the, the the typography basically was invented was when it was this bigger right. realm of what you what letters look like and then we were like well screw that and we made helvetica and now everybody has no helvetica taste. is like a mystery to everyone Really? really? Yeah. What like like the origin of it? No, no, no. Everybody knows like everybody knows the origin. Like the origin is very well known. Everybody knows like... the origin. I don't know the origin of Helvetica. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this everybody you refer to? Everybody in typography. But okay. he like the thing about Helvetica is that it, it is ubiquitous. It is everywhere. Yeah, because it's mm. the best typeface. But that's the thing. It, like, is it the best typeface because it's everywhere? Or is it everywhere because it's, like, the most readable? Or is it the most readable because it's everywhere? No one can... Fi- no one knows. Right. It just It's a nature-nurture problem. Yeah. Like, we don't actually know. Because, like, like it, it went through, like, five or six different prototypes before it became Hel- what's, what is now known as Helvetica. Hmm. 
and then eventually and like it, somehow like this prototype just caught on and people started like using it everywhere and it's just like no one totally knows why it's so ubiquitous why it's so everywhere right you know it just it just works it's yeah. Just yeah good and and but thing. like like similarly there are fonts that are everywhere that are like shitty like papyrus <laughs> ugh like even like times new roman is a terrible font it really? is actually awful but it's roman it's based on the romans no it's not don't we actually. use times new roman for our podcast font uh no no what we, do we don't use what do we no. use uh it's not castillo or something i forget exactly I'm, what it is i'm pretty sure it's times new roman no it's not <laughs> I, I designed it okay, yeah i know it's not i'm pretty sure it's not okay um, <laughs> don't, don't mess with simon on this. <laughs> simon knows <laughs> And like it's like it, there's there's a bunch of rules for how you make serif typefaces and it follows basically none of them. And it's like it's actually not that easy to read. There's a lot of fonts like Caslon, like Garamond that are way easier to read, but that people just don't use because for some reason Times New Roman is just the more the popular it's, one. It's the normal one. It's the one that looks like normal writing, but it looks like normal writing because it's everywhere because no because like, you know. People who like write academic papers don't know better. They just use whatever's given to them. But it's not just academic papers. Like it's newspapers use Times New Roman. That's not true. No, no. The the Times in London did, which is where Times New Roman comes from. Oh man, typography is interesting. Andy Andy just confirmed it is Times New Roman at least on this version. On the new logo? Oh, on the logo that Andy made. Okay. Not on the one I made. Not on the one that, that was the bear face. It was, it was, I forget what it was, but anyway. Yeah, fair oh, enough. Well. well, anyway. You can chew him out for that later. Yeah, yeah. I will. I'll, I'll chew him. Come on, blat. Up. You can, you can take a little bite out of Ando. Just a, several bites. Just, Just a little tiny, nibble. Multiple small bites. Tiny Welcome to the latest Romans. segment of our show. How many bites would you take? Out of Andy. Six. Six. How about you, Tim? Um, what kind of bites and where? Mm, good question. I'm thinking like you know when you bite into an apple and you get the yeah that that size bite. Um, I would I would try to like I'm a big fan. I of, feel like like you could take that out of the bicep. Yeah, like that, that'd be the best place. Andy, I don't know. I would get, like little bits all over because I don't want to deprive them yeah. of anything like really necessary. So yeah. I try to find like maybe a pound of flesh, but in locations that would not be like deadly or mm-hmm. debilitating that's the plot of uh the the merchant of venice really yeah he tries to get a pound of flesh without making the guy bleed and he, he determines that it is impossible to do so well it's ah. impossible to take like a gram of flesh without making someone bleed where would you even start yeah i don't know i guess everything you could, I guess you, you, every time you, you could just prick skin there's blood yeah just or i mean you know you know what like like that little piece of of like skin that peels off of your fingernails just like I'm quite familiar over a really long time <laughs> just take a little bit that's oh, true i guess you off, could take like the the top layer of the epidermis all over the body i wonder how much that weighs you there's like hey biologists systematic. let us know in the comments hey, and then Zika. is is hair flesh does hair no, count i don't think so no, no. Um, what else could you do? I mean, you could do that thing they do when they're like castrating bulls. What? Where they they just like tie. I am. I. They. I know it's a surprise, but I'm not familiar with the castration of oxen. <laughs> so there's various ways to do it. Like you can cut. You can cut it off directly and and like, um, what's that word? Really hot. Um, like sear solder. it shut. Solder. No, cauterize. Cauterize. Yeah, cauterize it. 
Or you, but there's there's one <laughs> method is, that I Tom think is, is I think it's used a lot for sheep actually maybe bulls as well yeah. where you just like really tightly tie a rubber band around it and eventually like and like you restrict the blood flow so no blood can flow to it and so the, it just like dies and falls off. Yeah. Welcome to our latest segment. Hey Tim, why do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. That's an interesting question actually. I want to I want to pose this to you guys. I was thinking about this a little while ago. Do you? remember the 21st night in september no i don't but that's i mean do you remember how you know facts when you know facts most of them probably sometimes because i don't think i ever do by the t- like there's a if i learned a fact in the past week i may know how i know it but after that i just know that i know it hmm. yeah i don't know sometimes i do like there's some stuff where i remember the conversation where right. i had yeah. that you know like, I learn things from you guys, right? Like, if it's something I learn on the podcast, then usually I'm like, oh, I know that because we talked about it like 30 weeks ago. Huh. See, I don't know that, which is why I often say, I wonder if we've talked about this before <laughs> on the podcast. Right. But I feel like of the three of us, I've had to listen to this a lot more times than mm. oh, yeah. either of you. That's true. And I've also chosen to listen to this multiple times per episode. Yeah. yeah. But, so, like, I have, like, a pretty encyclopedic memory of like what we've talked about yeah yeah i in general i in general i would say that i remember where where i like sometimes i will say that i that i can't remember because like like if i had known what you know about you know bovine castration yeah i would probably say i don't totally know why but really i would know that like i know from i don't know some magazine i read when i was (laughs) bovine castration is my other band yeah (laughs) would you uh would you eat a prairie oyster yeah. If you had the choice. Would I eat a prairie oyster? Yeah. Do you know what a prairie oyster is? It's a deep fried bull testicle. Yeah. Oh. I might. Yeah. I think I'd be down. Yeah. Like I if if I was offered it. If I knew it was well prepared. Yeah. Like if if you I were would, like I, I brought them home, do you want one? I'd be like, I don't know about that. If, if we went if, to a restaurant? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like if if I was in Spain. Right, I don't, I don't know why. I, I assume <laughs> somehow it seems like the kind of thing the Spanish. Would no, do. it's more of the t- kind of thing that they do in like Saskatchewan, hence the prairie oyster part. Well, let's say I was in Spain. Okay, and, and you're running with some bulls, and, and then I, you cut and, their balls and off. like, like you know, I was standing at a street corner, and I see like one of those little like wheelie kiosk carts. Yeah, and it had, you know, bovine bulls, bovine balls, yeah, bull balls. Yes. Uh, and then across the street, there was like a really nice restaurant that I knew served many things as well as bull balls. Yeah. I would go to the very nice bull ball restaurant and That's... not at the little like kiosk. But I don't know. Cart. I don't know. Sometimes the best places for like authentic food are like little holes in the wall. The best fish and chips I've ever had it came from a food truck, but I would not trust that for testicles. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm, told, <laughs> I'm told that the consistency is something like mushrooms, actually. Yeah. Weird. Like, you know, I don't like mushrooms. the consistency of mushrooms. The best testicles I've ever had were my own. I uh, they have gonna... not failed me. Hi, so mom. Far. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really sworn. No, we're, t- we're talking no. about food and we've body talked parts. about furries and bull testicles. But I'm pretty sure that my we said the word balls, which would make a number of evangelists. But I'm pretty strange. sure that my my mom and I have had conversations about prairie oysters before, yeah. and she might in fact be how I know about the whole castration thing, being a farm person. I feel like <laughs> your mom would know that kind of stuff. I yeah, feel like somehow that seems likely to me that she's the one who told you how they castrate <laughs> bulls. Yeah, I know about that be... because of your roommate. 
it in sample. What castrating bulls? Yeah, he told me about prairie oysters the first time. So that that's probably how them. you know. Oh, but did he tell you about the whole uh, like the, the the rubber band thing? No, no, I okay. just knew what prairie oysters were because he uh, told me about oh, them once. Okay, no, no, that that goes way back for me. Yeah. I've known about prairie oysters. Because I really I like oysters, and I'm I'm like I'm fairly down with prairies. Yeah, you know, but the two together <laughs> less. But yeah, a Fair. bit less. I've never eaten an oyster of any kind. Really? Yeah. Have you ever eaten anything that was alive while you were eating it? Uh, <laughs> mm, uh, I don't think Aside so. Aside from no. like yogurt, which that, doesn't really count. That reminds me. Have you guys heard of the Japanese dancing bowl? Is, is that the one with the uh, the octopus? Yeah, yeah. They put like a, I think it's like a baby octopus in a bowl and uh-huh. like with a bunch of like rice and stuff. And you like pour soy sauce onto the octopus and it activates something in the nerve endings of the tentacles and it starts moving around trying to get yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, bowl. Yeah, because, because nerves <laughs> nerves work with like with ion differentials and like salts and stuff. So soy is so full of salt. You pour it, pour it on and all of a sudden the, the all the nerves spasm and the, the tentacles go everywhere. You can do the same thing with frog legs. Weird. Yeah. Also, I should specify the octopus is dead when you do this to it. Oh. Yeah. Although there is also. You're not a... just pissing off a live octopus. <laughs> there is also a sushi dish involving a live octopus, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. The the, the first time I ever had lobster, I uh, was. You didn't need a live lobster. That no, would be dangerous. No, but I like it, it, it was at my place. It was at my house. My, my dad went to buy some lobsters. Yeah. And to freak out, like before they were cooked, to freak out my sister, I went, hey, I think I saw that one move. And she went, (laughs) yeah, dude, it's alive. And I went, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, I I had no idea they were like already alive. Like I I knew your sister is not to be messed with. I mean, yeah, no, she she, you you can mess with my sister. Mm. You know, you can also mess with you. She doesn't always know she's being messed with. That's fine. Like, like I will make I, I make some strange jokes sometimes. And she just kind of looks at me and goes like, what, "Like, what are you talking about?" And I'm like, "It's like it's a joke." And she'll go, "Oh, okay." That I I will agree with that on principle. Sure. <laughs> okay. You're my brother. I believe you. <laughs> like I'm, I made I made some jokes about some joke about how like osteopaths. Mm. <laughs> Forgive that me. That was a fart. That was a, that was not, a Tom fart. I'm not sure if that came up on the Oof. on the. You'll have to you'll have to listen best if you want to enhance the audio on. on <laughs> Just for that one moment. Might. That, was, that was a satisfying um, one. Because otherwise, I think the audience is just going to be confused until uh, out of nowhere, Simon stops his sentence and says, that was a fart. I had this really nice chili for lunch. It was like a frozen, it was a frozen meal from a grocery store, but it was like Jamie Oliver's brand. It was very nice. Oh, yeah, this okay. is definitely going to be one of those episodes that my mom listens to and then says, Timmy, why do you do this? Why, well, you're better than this. Does your mom call you Timmy? She does. It's adorable. Yeah. Does she, know, does she know we're moving back in together? Um, I think, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, she does. She cool. will now. <laughs> As of Wednesday, she'll know. As At this point in the podcast, she has become aware and yeah. has already called me up. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But yeah, no, I don't know. How, I don't ever remember how I know things. I don't even remember usually how I know people. Like people tend to fade into existence to me. Like, do you do you remember the first time you and I met, Tim? I, unless it was that time where you jumped over me in a park. That is it. Okay, oh, I took that photo. I yes. do. I do because <laughs> because that's the first documented instance I have of you and me. So I yeah. like I didn't know that, that was sense. the first time. But yeah. yeah, and I remember when I met Tom mm-hmm. as well because there was a photo. 
There was a photo as well of that was instance. Both of us. That was we didn't we couldn't figure out whether it was me or him. It was me in the end. It was you in the yeah. end. I should have figured. Yeah. But well, t- Tom, the first time you and I met, I threw a bracelet in your face. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Tell this story. Uh, it was it was like the last youth group. The first of the year, actually. The fr- yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're totally right. So it was the first youth group of the year, and our youth leader, Liz, had just come back from Malawi and brought back a bunch of bracelets for everybody. All right. And I think I wanted to like like hand one over to Tom, but he was really far away. So I went, hey, Tom, catch, and I threw it. And Tom can't catch. No. Well, I so, was I could catch a little better now than I could at like 14 yeah. or whatever. So he, he turned around and went, what? And then just poof. Smacked him in the face. Yeah, that was a good way to get to know him. Yeah, yeah. you feel yeah. like your relationship's gone up or down since then. It's kind I've of thrown fewer things in your it, face since then. It's been it's been a sideways motion. <laughs> <laughs> it's been progressing, increased Just, in you know. breadth but not in depth. Yeah, sure. sure. All right. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. I would say that we've had a lateral movement. Lateral movement. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Lateral movement. Tim, did you bring a story? No. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but I. Uh, I've yeah. been reading, I read, uh, you know how we were talking about reading random things on Wikipedia? Yeah. So today I read the uh, the Wikipedia article on explosive decompression, and that Ooh. was kind of fun. Explosive decompression. Yeah. So there was, there was this, this is, this is a thing that they always portray in like space movies where like, you know, you, a person is exposed to the vacuum of space and they like explode or whatever like have you seen that yeah so this doesn't actually happen in the vacuum of space of space because the pressure differential isn't actually enough like one atmosphere to zero atmospheres is not actually that extreme of a pressure difference Mm -hmm. that makes me want that makes me less want to go to space so like if you if you go in (laughs) if you go into the vacuum of space and you like you should probably exhale all the way first because your lungs, you, like the air in your lungs, will super expand. Um, but uh-huh. it won't. Like it's not enough to explode out of your chest or anything. But what it will, it, what it might do is give you like a pulmonary embolism or something, where right. like a blood, a bunch of air goes into your blood and blocks your arteries and you bleed out, mm. or you can't. Yeah, you can't get blood to where it needs to go. Mm. But uh, ex- real, real explosive decompression has only happened to human beings. On one occasion, um, and it was here on Earth. Actually, huh. it was huh. the results of um, this. There was this oil rig called the Byford Dolphin. Uh, it's actually still in use, but they they had That's this. My band's name. They, they they had a diving bell that they would they would send people down to you know to the base of the ocean to you know check out the, the drilling and stuff. Mm. Um, and so to do this, people were pressurized. So at spa- in space, the pressure is zero atmospheres. Here, it's one atmosphere. They would pressurize up to nine atmospheres of pressure. What inside the diving bell? Yeah, this Why? is what you, this is what you do when you when you uh, when you dive down. Like human beings can survive at very large pressures as long as they're as long as it's slowly increased and you're given time to acclimate. Right, <clears throat> kind of like a kind of like a frog in boiling water. Yeah, but not even because you're not going to die. Like you're you're fine at, at nine atmospheres as long as you're given time to adjust. Okay. And then you have to be you like. You need something like 48 hours in a decompression tank to slowly bring the pressure back down. Otherwise, yeah. because when, when there's that much pressure, there's a lot more like dissolved gas in your blood. And if it suddenly goes back to normal, then your blood boils because all the, the uh, gas is coming out. So this is this is how people die of like when when they scuba dive and they surface too fast. I remember learning about that when I was often you'll get yeah, you'll get similar like embolism type stuff because yeah. your blood boils and then there's like. Yeah, like like blood. you can you can go um, when you're scuba diving, you can go down relatively quickly. 
Yeah. Like, like you, you, but when you go up, you have to like, like, this is the thing you have to learn. It's like, okay, if I've been down for this long, then I have to go up this many meters, stay there for this many, for this amount of time and then go up this many meters, stay there for this amount of time. Yeah. So like going back up is a much longer and much more boring process because you basically have to stay where you are for 20 minutes. Yeah. Weird. And you, yeah. like, if your oxygen's about to run out, you're faced with a choice of, do I want to die by drowning or do I want to die by, you know, decompression? Weird. <laughs> Which yeah. sucks. But yeah. for these people, so they had come back up in their pressurized chamber and they were sitting in the decompression. There were four guys. And one of the people that there's this one of the people who was in charge of you know, setting all the seals and stuff missed a step in the sealing process. Oh, no. And they went from nine atmospheres to one atmosphere in about a second. Um, Did they explode? Which, well... The, the guy who made the mistake was outside the chamber. He died because the cap of the tank basically went through him. Ah. Um, ah. And uh, three of the people inside the tank died immediately from like internal explosion, basically, wow. of like the air in their lungs and like the, the, uh, yeah, the, like a lot of the, the fat in their, in their organs, like, Something about it, like the fat dissolved and went right into their blood. Anyway, it was a bit like they they died instantly, basically. The fourth person, that happened to him, but he was also shot out of this small hole um, that like between like as as these nine atmospheres of pressure rushed out into the into the surrounding, you know, oil rig. Mm -hmm. He was basically shot out in little pieces and sprayed all Ah! around the room. So uh, that's fun. So don't. No, that's not fun. Yeah. I, 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 speaking of reading random Wikipedia articles, I read a much more pleasant one. Okay. A couple of days ago. I, I guess yesterday. Uh, You're I trying read, to offset the gore that yeah, I just exposed you to? Yeah, I read, I read the, uh, the article about third wave coffee. Third wave coffee? Yeah. So the first wave was for just basic equality under the law. Yeah. And then second wave was more of like a social justice kind of thing. No. So, uh, like, third wave coffee refers to. Um, like the like the sort of attitude toward co- toward um, commercial coffee. Okay. So coffee's been around in Western civilization since like the 1700s. It's been around in the world since Mesopotamia, basically. Um, but all actually, the cool thing is that they they've always had co- as long as pe- people have had coffee, people have had coffee shops, and it was known as the kind of place where you would go and sit with your friends and talk about smart stuff. As mm. long as people have had coffee, they've had coffee shops. I feel like this is a not true fact. It's actually, it's quite true. By by people, do you mean European people? Sure. Okay. Just getting that I mean, colonialism like, out like of the coffee way. Coffee Arabica is from, I mean, like, it's from Arabia. And, okay. And, like, if, if you look at, the like, where, like, where Coffee Arabica was from, that was how people treated coffee, was that they would have little parlors where you would go and pay. They would make you a coffee, give it to you. You would sit with your friends and talk about smart stuff. Okay, so but it's anyway. like from the dawn of history, anyways. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, first wave coffee was uh, like when when coffee first became commercially available, and it was sold in tins. That's where like Maxwell House and uh, Folgers come from. Was Maxwell House actually a guy? Uh, I don't know. Folgers was a guy. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like like the, that was when when the the tin was invented for coffee and like vacuum sealing. Second wave came in the 70s when uh, people realized that the, that coffee is actually disgusting uh, and, and, <laughs> and like like wanted wanted what they called specialty coffee, which was something that was picked more 
um, like yeah, with, with just more intention, and mm-hmm. they wanted to know more in detail where the beans came from. And third wave started in the early two thousands, and that's what we know it now as like artisan coffee, hipster coffee. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, yeah. it's okay. the coffee that costs three dollars, right. and it's tiny and comes in the little white cup with the black black thing at the top. And like has exposed the you know the shop has exposed brick and all the bags are on shelves <laughs> yeah right. shelves another place yeah and like like so I I kind of you know read about that and read about how like it brought a revival of a bunch of like fifties methods of making coffee and stuff but wasn't the fifties when there was terrible coffee I'm confused uh the 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 fifties was the beginning of of uh, second wave coffee ah okay yeah. Okay. Um, and there are things like uh, like the the Chemex, which is a kind of a kind of pour over that is designed in a way to remove the coffee oils when you're pouring over the the coffee. It's kind of it's like kind of the gla- sort of glass hourglass shape thing, and it's got like a wooden handle in the middle tied with a leather string. Looks really cool. But uh, yeah, like like in in the fifties, yeah, it was the start of of I, I like I guess there was good coffee, but there was also like it was when um sort of Nescafe started becoming more popular. It was invented first as rations for soldiers right. during the war and then after the war they kept selling it because they're like this is instant coffee it's so quick and amazing and then people are like no well it's not it's amazing not. but it does yeah. still make you caffeinated yeah. it is quick yeah 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 i used to drink yeah. instant coffee for my exams wow because i was like i don't have time to make coffee or yeah. go get coffee mm-hmm. but i can stir this thing into a cup and yeah. chug it down actually starbucks uh instant coffee is really really good they do yeah. have one of the better instant coffees because yeah. it's actual like coffee yeah. it's just ground so so fine that it dissolves into the water oh so look yeah. cuz well, usually with instant coffee what do they do they make coffee and then they desiccate it right basically yeah. so yeah. it's it generally actually it's like coffee flavored stuff with really? some caffeine in it, yeah. Okay, because yeah. my impression of instant coffee was that like you would make coffee and then just evaporate the water and then sell the powder. Uh, and then you possibly. put water back in possibly. and then you got coffee again. That might be one way, but I know that Starbucks, that's what they do. They just grind grind the beans super, super fine, so it's so mm-hmm. it's so fine it's devol- dissolved right. in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no reason not to consume coffee beans. Yeah. Right? Like, They're delicious. Chocolate-covered coffee beans are pretty good, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, they are. Cool. I don't know. I think that my Wikipedia article was much more edifying. You know, it taught you that you won't explode if you go into space. How good is that? Guys, what did we learn today? We learned that the third wave of coffee started in the 2000s. 2000, and that that w- 2002 was when the coin was termed. And that's the when term, you get term was coined. super the tasty was- hipster coffees. We learned that if you change pressure too quickly, you're going to explode. We, learned we also that- learned that furries and refugees can get along. We also learned that you shouldn't use Times New Roman and that you have Garamond and use that instead. We also learned that you should maybe consume bull testicles if you want to, but you should not tie rubber bands around certain parts of your anatomy. Mm. Yeah. Well, and we learned that Simon's it's back. Fine, it's fine for other parts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Well, this I'm has been back. fun. Woo! Yay! Woo! Tim, do you want to play us out while I say some Patreon things? Sure. Guys, thank you so much for listening once again to the Up for Discussion podcast. Joining us this week, uh, it's so good to have Simon back. Give me, give me some, give me some skin, brother. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow Simon Peltier at Know the Other Simon. You can follow Tim at Acapella Science. You can follow me at Tom Zalatni. You can follow the show at Downward Talking on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you like the show and want to support us financially, you can head to patreon.com slash up for discussion. If you donate as much as the cost of a single cup of coffee a month, it'll go a long way. Uh, we'd like to give a quick shout out to our Patreon patrons, Nathan, Joanne, and Patrick. Sorry about almost <laughs> forgetting everyone else's names for a second there. Uh, we love you guys. And uh, yeah, thank you for making the show possible. 
you guys. Sing us a song, T-Bone. What? Sing us a song. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. Because of copyright issues. Right? I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. But I can take all your money. Take me out to the black. Tell my ma ain't coming back. Because she's Burn in prison. the land and boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. But I definitely will take your money. Ain't no place I can be since I found serenity. That's actually a trademark you name. You can't take the sky from me. So I'm definitely going to take your money. Support the show for the love of God. Bow, 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 bow. That's actually also copyrighted. Simon's back. <laughs>